Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, cool dudes. Welcome to another episode. This week, I speak to Ben Adams about making shorts and just what it's like being an actor and working in the industry. What's happening with your film, Marek? Well, uh, currently I've raised £710. Thank you very much everyone who's donated. I've started actually making the film. I mean, it's going to be a very, very low budget affair. If you want to find out more about it, you can go to marricklyle.com forward slash movie and click on the blog link and you can find out what I'm doing um, with the filming. And if you want to donate, it would be very helpful as from today, anyone who donates a pound will receive an internet link to the film when it's made. If you donate five pounds or more, I'll send you a really nice badge you can put straight in the bin. And also, Ben, who features in this podcast, is making a film which he is looking for funding through Indiegogo. If you go to the Facebook page and on the Twitter, at Marek Makes a Movie or Marek's Movie, whatever it is, you can find out about it there. And in a few weeks, I might do a Q&A. If you have any questions at all for this podcast, why not email movie at gmail.com. That's all the admin out of the way. Let's get on with the business. All right, good luck out there. Toaster, who I interviewed one of them a couple of podcasts ago, uh, David, and Ben is now making his own films with uh, Drew from Broken Toaster, and we're just going to talk about what it's like uh, making short films. So when you're making stuff, first of all, I want to talk about Kickstarter, because I spoke to Selden Differ, and they hit their Kickstarter fee of 15 grand. And we didn't. And I was in your... um, Broken Toaster Kickstarter pilot, which I thought was brilliant, and you didn't make it, and really surprised me. Yeah. And what did you learn from that? So if people, if they're filmmakers into this, thinking, "All oh, right, we're going to raise money," and what would you do differently, and what are you doing for your okay, next project? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, 
I think we were very naive when it came to Kickstarter. I think we kind of we had heard the word Kickstarter bounded around, and people had said, oh, "I'd raise this money on Kickstarter." And at the time, I was looking into Patreon and Indiegogo and thinking maybe these would be better because you get to keep the money. And um, but anyway, we all decided that Kickstarter would be the way to go. And I just think we were naive. We didn't look into it. Maybe we were so focused on making that short. That was like the the Kickstarter video that you were in. Mm. We were so focused on that and getting that right, and then the scripts for the actual show and just it's not, same with I do this with everything. I just focus on the creative side. Don't take too much notice of the admin of of the writing up of the Kickstarter. The you know what to put the put in places of where to share it and uh, and speak to online news uh, magazines and things. So now I'm making sure I've got that in place. I know. That when I launch it, all that's gonna, it's all planned. It's all, it's all sorted. That's the thing with this industry. If you're creative and you start in it, you don't realise you need to be a business yeah. man as well. Oh god, I've never, I never knew that. I was always kind of like, I love playing, I love prattling around, I love writing, but you're never gonna get anywhere unless you know what to do, yeah, business wise. So, I still don't, so I'm, I'm working on it. So your next project, yes, your Doing a short called The Candy Man. No. The Candy. So we did a short with Broker Toaster called Breakfast with Candy. Mm-hmm. about a guy who has an abusive relationship with a puppet. She beats him up and stuff. And then he ends up beating her up. It's very complex for a, a puppet film. Uh, so we decided, me and Drew have decided that we're going to make a sequel to that. And so we're doing Lunch with Candy and then hopefully Dinner with Candy and make it a nice little trilogy of short films. And then maybe go on and do more puppet stuff. I'm not sure. And so, how are you approaching that uh, differently? You're going, to, you're going to try and raise money. For well, that? the candy. No, candy. We're doing exactly how we do everything. We write it, get the props, get the locations, bang, film it. But with Santa, I mean, I'm doing a. Um, what Santa? Sorry, I'm just going to say. You're sorry. Or, I'm, I'm just going to say, Marek. I'm just going to say. No, it's called Next Christmas, and it's a fil- That's like a short film I want to do that I want to enter into festivals. And that's what I'm raising money for and trying to do properly, paying people, getting the right crew, everything like that. And how much of you, if you don't mind talking about the business side of things, what's the plan for that then? The plan is to, well, so I've got Daz Black in it who's who's playing Santa. Um, He's quite big online, he's got a lot of followers and everything. Uh, And basically there is no plan. Is what I'm trying to say. There's no plan. No, I want to film it, and I want to just. I'm all I know is, once it's done, I can work on that. If that makes sense. And the way I'm working at the moment is okay. So I get the script done. Right, that's done. Get the Indiegogo sorted. Get, you're going Indiegogo because you get to keep the money. Yes, yeah, because you get to keep anything you've raised. So then, and I've never directed before. Uh, I'm not very technical minded. So my next challenge is storyboarding, getting everything I want in the film on video and then after that edit it and and then after that I can think at the moment I know I'm going to enter into film festivals I'm going to ship it around I've got people that I know that I can talk to and send it to but that's kind of in the future at the moment I'm a one-man band so yeah that's 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 my plan is just to keep going and going and going because I find that if you get too like caught up in the future of where it's going to go you can almost talk yourself out of doing it I find it with loads of ideas where you get an idea, you get excited about the idea, yeah. and you almost put out, you imagine, fantasise about making the film, 
fantasise about it being a success. And then you think, oh, the sequel could be this. Yeah, yeah and you've, been, you've gone through the whole experience before you've actually ever done anything. Yeah. And in reality, the experience is never that much. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. When we did Broken Toaster, every single thing we did was like, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one now. After this, we're never going to have to worry again. And the one never came. Never came. And real surprise. I mean, I've I talked about my favourite uh, online sketch people on this quite a lot, which is you and Seldom Differ. And Broken Toaster made some uh, uh, brilliant stuff. Thank you, man. Yeah, I thought we did. Do you, why do you think, it must be incredibly frustrating for you, yeah. that it didn't catch on? I just, I don't, I just don't know. I think it's confusing to people. I think nowadays, uh, I hope it's changing, but someone said the other day, someone said, Ben, the first rule of comedy, people should know if you're trying to be funny or not. And I was like, well, one, I don't agree with that, but that's kind of my problem, I think, is that that people don't know how to take it. They're kind of like, is this a comedy? Is this not? Is this... But I, to me, I think it's fairly obvious that we're going I for think a comedy. It's obvious, but I think maybe people are quite, have, are quite mainstream. Yes. Yeah. And I think in the comedy industry, especially the stuff that gets on television, apart from like Vic and Bob, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Go weird and ever and stupid. Oh, yeah, but I don't think but a lot of comedians they wouldn't get anywhere now though. Yeah, they lot, first came out. A lot of comedians are the most mainstream people yeah. that, are that, that are accessible and not sort of yeah. people that be offended yeah. by them, whatever. Well, the main thing now is just people like to laugh at themselves, so that's what sells, I suppose. That's what people like. They go, oh, we've all got that shirt that we don't that the wife doesn't like, but we wear it anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's like me. What do you, um, when you go about writing things then, so what's your uh, process? Uh, so characters first. I always go for characters first. So regardless of like, well, first of all, I'll think of a, I'll think of a situation that in any sort of way, so I'll be like, okay, this candy one is because my sister, I was thinking about my sister a lot and she was in an abusive relationship. So, so can we get, so you've got... Candy, the two puppets. Yes, films, sorry, that's the... And Santa is... The next Christmas is another separate film. That's a separate film that is about a Santa Claus being tortured and having his like legs cut off. So you're going to make these these candy films are just for your YouTube. The candy channel. films just for YouTube, yeah. That's just for YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and all that. So that's yeah, I think we're filming that 7th of August something like that. So that won't be too bad. But the 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 next Christmas film is the one is the big one. So I'm filming that in September of over 4 days. In my mum and dad's house. And that is what happens with yeah. low budget filmmaking. Yeah. Is a lot of stuff gets filmed around your mum and dad's house. There was yeah. a day when people our age could afford our own houses, yeah. but that's gone. <laughs> <laughs> we used to be able to afford to uh, rent out houses to pay to play in. But now no. it's what can I use? Yeah. Uh, my for, for the for the filmmaking with this, um, which people have been donating towards uh, I haven't got enough money, so I'm thinking, what can, what locations can yeah. I use? My mum's house, these places in the Isle of Wight, yeah. the woods. These are my locations. <laughs> There's one place I need to hire a DIY shop, and I don't know how oh. to get that and tell them that I'm going to use... I spoke about it in the last episode. Oh, can I use your shop? It's for someone to buy weapons to cut <laughs> bits to cut oh. a body with. I'm sure that'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, you can just ask them. They'll be okay. They'll probably and, be quite excited on the Isle of Wight. No, it's in London. Oh, oh no, they won't let you do it. The, yeah, no. no way, no way. 
Lovely, friendly L- London. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? What am I getting out of it? <laughs> Nothing. Fuck off. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so you get well. The characters first come up with the idea. Well, the, the idea can come from so like like I say with Candy, I was thinking about my sister and her abusive relationship. Yeah. So I always think, okay, and then I look into my own life, abusive relationships and blah, blah, blah. And I think of like a simple thing of like with this new candy, okay, he's meeting up with this girl that he was like madly in love with and she was abusive to him and had him under her spell sort of thing. Meets up with her years later. Started off with that and then suddenly you just have these characters meeting up and then I'm, I'm writing the dialogue. It always comes with a dialogue. So it's boom, boom, boom and I end up writing pages and pages of dialogue. But then with that, I don't know, I find that by that by that point I know the characters so well that when I put a situation in, I know exactly how they react to it, so I can yeah, I can it just goes along from there. So do you just have the massive scripts where you edit it a lot in post? Yeah. Is that what happens? Okay. Well I go through it first, like what we always did in Broken Toaster, I go put up the plot points. So this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, like uh and then I'll go through and add all the that's when it gets huge. Because I just go, I just write dialogue and dialogue. I love dialogue. I'm obsessed with it. And do you, you, your stuff's quite dark. Why is that? I'm just a very dark person. I've always found it fun. I, it's weird when I did stand up. Like I was saying this to my friend the other day. Like the reason why it didn't necessarily work is because, so like Frankie Boyle or Anthony Jesselnick, they do, they do really dark, offensive stuff, but they do it as a prick. So like I'm an arsehole. These are my jokes. Mm-hmm. Whereas I would always be like, hey, I'm a friendly guy and you, everyone loves me and then come out with some horrendous stuff. Because my, I'd always try and play like like how ridiculous everything is. So for me, when like if a guy gets his throat cut and there's blood squirting everywhere and it goes on a little bit too long, I'll laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know where it comes from. I'm just a sick bastard. Do you think as you get older, you get less dark? Mm-hmm. No, I'd say, I, no. I get less dark in the sense of gore and sort of like offensiveness. Yeah. Like, like balls out offensiveness. But in I get a lot more darker in terms of like, oh my God. You know, like really nihilistic now. Yeah. Like life is meaningless. <laughs> Do you, what motive, and I haven't spoken about this much, but it's quite, it's quite difficult being creative mm. and because you're an actor and you sort of that's your sole income. Do you find do you still enjoy doing it or do you why do you do it? Uh I do enjoy doing it when you get the right job, but then there's other jobs where it's uh you, you get the phone call and they say you got the job, you go yes, and you immediately go right that's 4 500 pound I can put here. Mm. And then for me I'm like oh shit now I've got to do the actual job. And it might be awful and you might have to stand there all day and say all this shit and you think oh Christ. So, it's just a job at that point. But the adverts and stuff you're talking about. Yeah, there. yeah. But when it's like a something I can put my own spin on, then I love it. Every every second is is great fun, and and I'm happy with it. I can't stand people that are, I'm never spot on on the lines. I'm always kind of going off and and doing my own thing. But motivation wise, I think it's just all I've ever known, all I've ever wanted to do, and and all I'm good at really. Stuck. Trapped in the abyss yeah. of acting. Exactly. <laughs> you just think, God, what am I going to do? Like, there's nothing else I'm good at. And my mum's, my mum and dad literally said the other day, they were like, "Our oh, dad knows someone. It, you can hold a sign that says stop and go for 120 quid a day. Wow. I was like, are you kidding me? 
Jesus. That's my, how bad it's got. My parents always wanted me to get a, not a proper job until yeah. uh, I was in a sketch group called We Are Clang, and this is back in 2006. So we'd already done quite well in Edinburgh. Yeah. And then, or maybe 2007, so we're quite established. And then they were saying, you know, it's just a phase. Right. And it was when we did a show at the Soho Theatre and Harry Enfield came along. And he was one of my massive heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came up to me at the same show my parents were at. And he goes, oh, I just want to say hello to you. How are you doing? That's really cool. And I went, oh, great. Um, can I get you a drink? So rather than chat to him, the first thing I said, because I was so nervous. <laughs> so I was so nervous was, can I get you a drink? So he went, yeah, yeah, I'll have this. So I literally went, oh, what have I done? So I had to go to the bar. And yeah. it, was long, it was one of those things where it was almost like a comical joke where I'm not getting served and it's taken ages and I can see how Enfield is <laughs> stuck talking to my mum <laughs> <laughs> oh I love that bit you so, used to and, do I can see him looking more and more sort of oh, bored and her just talking and thinking, oh shit oh shit one of my heroes yeah yeah and, and, but so I spoke to him for about 30 seconds afterwards I got him a drink oh, but gosh. the good upshot was was that because he'd been seeing the show and really liked it he suddenly persuaded my parents that, that I could yeah. have a career, so all that hassle of yeah, yeah, maybe you should think about that's getting, amazing. But that lasted ten years, and then um, a couple of years ago, when things were quite uh, that came back into it right again. Um, maybe you should think about getting yeah, uh, yeah. Cause it's almost like the dark side of your the reality of your your own brain yeah. saying it. So you really hate yeah, it. you really know it because you're like, oh my god, like they're totally right. I should get a normal job. What am I doing? <laughs> Because you can't justify it to yourself. You can't say... I mean, there's some people that will. That'll be like, I mean, acting's one of the hardest jobs in the world. And it's like, well, it's it's, it's not for me because I love doing it. It's the same with anyone if they love doing it. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my point was, but I just... Uh, it's, I, it's, it's, I'm, I know when people listen to that, they'll find it very, very interesting. The, the dark soul of the actors. <laughs> It's time for a little break, just to have a relax. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's get back to it. So what's a dream then? What would you like if everything oh, went sort of perfectly? Just a TV like a sitcom. Not even a sitcom. Well, Tales from the Edge. Like, what were we going to do? That was, my, that was our dream. That was what I wanted. Uh, and I've had to change my dream. That's why this last year has been a bit tough for me, I think. Because mm. I haven't had that focus. I haven't had... And I've had to give myself the focus. So, yeah, I'm still still getting through it. Still trying to... I, my The dream, though, is... It changes all the time. Sometimes I want to just make Lego. Sometimes I want to do stop motion. Sometimes I want to be a voiceover artist. Sometimes every dream I have, though, is just as like unattainable as the last. Yeah. <laughs> I never go, I just want to be a plumber. I'd love to be a plumber. I wonder if someone's happy being a plumber, thinking that she want to be a plumber, and they're there fixing people's toilets, yeah. thinking, living the dream. Yeah. And also they're rich as well. Uh, of course, yeah, a lot of money in plumbing. That's it. If only plumbing had the same glamour. If only I was interested in plumbing. Yeah. That's like eternal sunshine on the spotless mind, but changing it for yeah. Instead of making it yeah about love, making it about getting being interested (laughs) in a well-paid like electrician, plumbing, welding, welding. I'd like to. Can you turn me into a welder? You just wake up. You go. How are you, sir? I'm absolutely fine, but. You tell me where the nearest uh, welder shop is. Something that's always worked, like putting the paint, doing painting double yellow lines. Yeah. Or doing the slope. Who one who writes to the? I always wonder people who paint the road markings if there's a specialist one that comes in to do like the words, like the bust. <laughs> we need to get. Uh, <laughs> we need to get John in for this you one. You can do the line, but you can't do yeah. the bus stop or slow you can't put or taxi. Yeah, or the yellow grid. <laughs> you can't stop in. That's not. You can't do. Once that. you've been here ten years, son, you can upgrade to a uh, double red. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be be a nice change. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. I mean, I watched the Undateables, and there was a guy on there. I think he's autistic or something, but he's a postman. And you've never seen anyone so happy to be a postman in their life. It's so happy, and I just feel so jealous. Yeah. Just think, I know what you mean, really. It's like dogs, isn't it? Yeah. When you see them excited about a stick or a ball. That's all they, they want, and they're just like... No matter how yeah. many times they throw that ball, no. <laughs> it's still absolutely <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I get very jealous. Um, and what do you, <laughs> uh, what sort of... Films do you watch that you love? You think you could aspire to sort of make? I mean, I love, I love Tarantino. I love him. I watched Hateful Eight again recently, and it, I just think it's so good. I just think it's unbelievable. I love everything about him. It's just, it's like, I can't explain it. I've, I didn't study. I'm not like one of these people that can go into things about why films are great and why this and the cinematography is all great. I just, for me, it's the writing and. Like Hateful Eight's a perfect example. It's like a play, and it's just beautiful. It's so much different, so different to his other films that are mainly about revenge. And if I can see something, even if it's not there, if I can see something below the surface, I'm happy. But even if it's not there, like Spider-Man Two is one of my favorite films ever, and I just I love it because it's about something ridiculous, but there's real heart to the story. And I think that's what I do. Just summed it up. Just had an epiphany. Got what you pull that round. Yeah, lovely. Just that's exactly what I do. I um, take something ridiculous and bring it back home. 
So your uh, Santa film, which is the the main short yeah. you're making, you're going to put that on Indiegogo. Yes. And then you're going to get a crew in to, and you want to direct that. I've as already well as got. Being. I've got the crew. I've got everyone. I just need to. I want to want to pay them, uh, and some of them won't do it if they won't get paid. So then I'll have a crappy crew. I don't want like my mum holding the boom, but just have to see how much money we get. But basically, I think I can do it on half the money that I want. But like I've said in Indiegogo, it's just basically the more money I get, the better it's going to be. So. Even if we get hardly any money, I'm still going to make it, but it's not going to look or sound as nice as it as it would be. Yeah, I think that's been the pro- problem with this film. Although the, uh, the people who donated it is absolutely brilliant, mm. but I hope to get more. Then of suddenly, course, and yeah. then suddenly, when you've got think, oh, I've actually got to make a film, mm. and you've got to just do it for nothing really. It's yeah. quite hard. Just oh, rely, so on, hard. rely on favors. The worst thing is coming up with. Like, I do this with you all the time. I'm sure you do it. You come up with ideas for sketches or something, and you just think, but there's no, there's no conceivable way I can pull that off. Like we we do stuff with green screen, and I'm not that happy with it, but at least it gives us, enables us to do things out of our like flat and the field and the woods, like you say. Mm. But sometimes you just think, God, I wish, I wish we could just go. Oh, I need a big robot suit made, or make me a big castle. Just, even the smallest props is what I found. Yeah, out yeah, this. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I got these prosthetic thumb makes for a hundred quid, which was brilliant. Mm. But even things like I think I need I need a baseball bat for the yeah, murder weapon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the cheapest one you could find is fifteen quid. Really? You know, I needed I need a trowel. I need I need this yeah. sort of stuff for fake blood. Wheelchairs are hard. We we had a nightmare trying to get a wheelchair, and now I've got to get another one for this. But I think my mum's phoning up the hospital yeah and saying oh my grandma's she can't walk can we have a wheelchair for a bit i mean realistically nhs should provide that really for filming (laughs) (laughs) i think so really what are we trying to save it for if not but that's what's happened i think our generation of creative talent's got access to great cameras but all the sets are parents houses or (laughs) yeah or the woods yeah (laughs) Because when you go online, you you if you apply for to film somewhere, they like triple the price. You can't if you some places you go and it's like oh a hundred pound a night, and then you say oh we're filming there and they go that's five hundred pound a day. Yeah, it's it's madness. Like that library, we we got a great deal in that library with you. This is um I'll put a link to some of Ben's yeah. stuff. Like, it was just a a library in Aberystwyth. Yeah, it was a in university Wales. which looks amazing. It was good. I don't know why we had to go all the way to Wales, but, but it was a hundred quid or something. Yeah, it was really cheap. Incredible. Yeah, but you can't. That sort of that is incredible. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, for a hundred pound. I did a student film. Um, literally, my very first thing was two thousand and two, so I hadn't been in London that long, and they got to film in the underground which is the Strand yeah as a disused um, mm. underground station which they film lots of things in and because they were students they got it for 50 quid but if you were filming you basically you said it's like yeah. 5,000 yeah, yeah, pounds yeah, yeah, yeah. and so it just looks incredible because you can film down there but Man. what was amazing was um, when you go there you can see where all the film crews have been there so for example so you're walking down underground and one bit's done with modern posters at one right, side of the wall. Right. One bit sort of disused. Then another bit's got yeah, sort of yeah, posters yeah. from sort of the 
80s or something you know so you wow, wear, wear wow. different film sets yeah, gone, yeah. we're filming this bit here so but we only need to redecorate this bit here that's great so it's really odd oh. odd place to go but this tube something like American Wealth in London they uh, they mm. filmed that there the brilliant scene you know where he's he chases the oh, whale yeah. chases yeah, him yeah 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 he's on his own and yeah it's just, the lighting's brilliant, isn't it? For, I mean, it's so good. And uh, what's that film, Creep? Who's in Creep? No, that's like a monster in the underground. Yes, it's great. The underground. I, I want to film like whenever I think, oh, even something simple as that. Even if you think you're writing a script, and then you go, oh, he's on the train and he's doing this, and then suddenly you think, fuck, I've got. To, how am I going to film on a train? I think me and Dave filmed part of a film we did, a Lonely Man. We had to film it on a bus. And it was literally like we just sat on a bus. He had to quickly pull the camera out. We're filming for a second and then put it away. I watched it one the other day. Oh, and right, girl, yeah. You were on the top deck. And yeah. And there's a girl in the background behind you. Was she not... Was she she not... was a nutcase. She was going... Rah, she had the headphones and was moving around. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was funny. But that's a, the, the beauty is now is you can film. That's why I'm filming on a... I bought myself a camera, this GH5 camera to mm. film on. So it's just... You can just film, you know, surreptitiously, whether it is, without people stopping you, which you couldn't oh, without right, other okay. cameras. You know, you can film stuff yeah, with yeah. a real skeleton crew. Yeah, that's true. It's difficult. Um, so where can we find out all your details and all your other all business? De- uh, well, I'm on Facebook, Ben Adams Comedy. That's got all my, uh, yeah, all the shorts I've done, all the sketches, and all the news from the Indiegogo. Instagram is probably a good one as well, Ben Adams Man. And how do you find this new Instagram TV? IGTV. I'm not getting like loads of views, but I like that they're all there that you can just swipe across, and it's like Tinder but for my sketches. And do you think that YouTube is dead then? Yeah, I do. I really do a little bit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. But it sounds seems to me like. Well, though, saying this, sorry, I completely changed my mind. YouTube is no one's going to be a millionaire on YouTube anymore, but that to me makes it think makes me think those people will leave YouTube and then it'll go back to kind of creativity being king, which is the optimistic view, or it will die and every video we've ever made will be lost forever and all the views will have meant nothing. That's the thing. All the things you really cared about, forgotten. Yeah, like my. That's what happened in Vine. On yeah. Vine, I had like thirty-five thousand followers. It was amazing. I was doing all these sketches. I was really chuffed. Gone. Gone forever. That's why you've got to make films now. I was saying to my friend the other day, if you get an idea, you have to do it now. Yeah. Because suddenly, in 10 years' time, everyone might be using virtual reality and the whole... It becomes irrelevant. Yeah. Completely. So you're forced into doing... To try well, and make um, your ideas. Well, I was listening to... A Charlie, a Charlie Brooker was talking on Adam Buxton podcast. And he was saying how he can't understand how people write scripts and then put them in a drawer. Like, why would you even bother writing it? Where do you get the motivation from to write it unless you know you're going to make it? And that's completely how I I feel. Like, I have to make the thing that I've written uh, by any means necessary. And I'm not like a f- I'm not a filmmaker as such, but I'm sure I, I'm just going to give it my best shot for this uh, Santa film. See what happens. Good luck. Thank you. And um, best of luck with your film. Well, thank you. And thank you for being in my film. That's right. you, we filmed, we've just filmed um, 
Some, is it called B-roll? I mean, it's a footage of you reading the news yeah. in front of a green screen in your house, which I can use later on in the film. <laughs> yeah, be good. Um, but great. <laughs> well, thanks very much, Ben. That's all right. Time. Thank you. This has been lovely. Good luck with the filming. And it's a pleasure to speak to you. Pleasure to speak to you. And remember, listeners, stay hygienic. Marek makes a movie. Marit makes a movie. Um... deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.